What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles, welcoming you to another edition of Lyles Movie Files. Joining me as always is the little brother Jace. How you doing, bro? Shot? Doing well. How are you, brother? Cooling. Chief, what's up in your corner of the universe? Uh, very small corner at that. Uh, what I wouldn't even consider a corner. I would just consider a spot, a speck. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing. There's just dust in that speck. And I sit amongst the dust in that speck. Oh, man. Well, that's yeah. encouraging. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some things coming up on the horizon. Specifically, this Friday, Thor, Love and Thunder. This is the first of the original Marvel films to get a fourth movie jason and i got to see a press screening of it last week and this film was an interesting bag but chief before we get into our take on it what is your excitement level for love and thunder I, you know i haven't really i've seen the previews i didn't really get excited um i, I guess the last previews seemed like the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy were going to be in the movie. Um, Thor movies, Thor movies since the last one, Ragnarok. Uh, and I guess I get a feeling like this one's going to, it's kind of, it's almost become like 40% comedy. You know what I mean? Like there's action, but it, they're, they're like the first two were kind of, you know, and then Ragnarok was like, most of the movie was hilarious. And then um, I got a feeling just by seeing the commercial, I mean, you've seen him work his belly off and, you know, certain things look like certain aspects are just comedy. Um, but I have no, you know, I, I'm not thinking about it either way. Will I go see it? Maybe. But then again, like I got Disney Plus. I, I, I tend, now I just kind of tend to wait the six weeks. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because, you know, we, we rented out the movie theater that one time. And we, you know, we went and had a, uh, like a friendship thing. But I went, you know, you know, as you know, earlier this year, I had COVID. And I feel like I caught COVID in the movie theater. So I only go to the movie theaters. Uh, I go sparingly, sparingly. Um, so I'm not sure if, if, if Love and Thunder is going to make the cut. Unless, of course, I read at Lyle's Movie Files that it's worth risking COVID to go see. No movie. Literally, no movie is worth COVID. I think the only thing that I've been like, I don't care, would have been Avengers Endgame. And I don't feel like... I think this is the problem in general with Marvel Studios right now. Because after the end of the first Avengers, we knew what was coming. It was like, oh man... They're lining up for them to fight Thanos. And I feel as if we're still waiting to figure out what we're heading, what they're building towards with this. It feels like every film is a, let's throw this against the wall. And eventually it's going to paint this picture that you're going to be like, oh man, I didn't see how this was coming. Kevin Feige, he says there's a plan, but I'm still waiting to see what that plan is. But I think you've got really good instincts because Jason and I... We're, we're making some looks like, uh, I don't know what's going on. This first hour of Love and Thunder, it felt as if 
director slash co-writer Taiki YTT was just like, yo, don't worry about anything serious, y'all. We're just going to make a comedy and everyone's going to love it. I feel like with Ragnarok, we were expecting something. I don't know if we knew it, but we're just kind of expecting something along the line of Thor, Thor the Dark World. But what we got was so totally different that it was, man, this is great. This is so entertaining. It's nothing like the other Thor movies. And what a great use of Chris Hemsworth. This worked out. And I know some people, a very small, maybe those people occupying your corner of the universe, were thinking, there's a lot of serious stuff that happened in Ragnarok. And for some reason, they made it a joke. Like Thor's three of his running buddies got killed. They made that into a joke. He finds out he has a sister. And they treat it like comedy. Thor loses his an eye. And it's all, who cares? Let's rock out. And I guess in hindsight, you could look at it like, yeah, there was a lot of serious stuff that happened. But it seemed to be handled and treated the right way. But in this one, all of that goodwill kind of goes out the window by the first... Would you say 40 minutes, bro? 30 minutes? 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it overdoes it on comedy stupendously. I mean, stupendously. And it's not... You know how, like, Ragnarok comedy was funny? This was trying to be comedy. Like, kind of like how, like... I don't know if you guys watched uh, Free Guy. Free Guy was funny. You know, it's Ryan Reynolds' movie, and it was funny. But this one was a Thor movie after Endgame, and it was like, oh, we're still trying to make, we're we're trying to make some of the funny stuff that it, it was it was trying to make fetch happen. Honestly, it was just like some of it just was not good. But that first hour was just like, I mean, we're in a movie theater, like ten people was like, really, this is what we got? Mm, okay, it was real rough that first hour, and because. At the state of Thor, we since Ragnarok, a lot's happened to him. You know, half of Asgard is gone. Loki's killed very early on during Infinity War. Then Thor has the massive guilt because he didn't cut off Thanos' head. He he went for his kill shot, but he was slightly off. Then he got to avenge that and killed Thanos. But there is no satisfaction. There was no, I've saved the day like a true hero should. He was dealing with a lot of guilt because he failed to save the universe. When the Avengers, when the world counted on him, he missed. But he got his payback, and but he didn't have any satisfaction out of it. So he let himself go, gets out of shape, and just is, becomes a gamer. And then the Avengers rally and it's like hey Thor let's get back into it and he's like great I can do something productive again with my boys Cap and Iron Man and even then it doesn't quite work out because another of his good friends Black Widow gets killed Iron Man gets killed he sacrifices himself to save everybody and it feels at the end of Ragnarok or (laughs) of Endgame Thor is kind of like okay I need to figure out my place I'll go run with these guys, the Guardians. That could be cool. That could be fun. And it leaves him in an interesting position because he's the only one of the original Avengers that's still, I'm still going to be out here doing this thing. Hawkeye's retired. Cap, we don't even know what happens to Cap. 
And Hulk is just kind of, I'm chilling, doing my thing on the side. I'll help out, but I'm not hulking out anymore. My arm's busted. So there's a lot of expectation for what happens with Thor. And I feel like Taiki, Taika was like, yo, I'll just keep up the comedy from Ragnarok and act like nothing happened. No character growth happened from the moment where I handed Thor off to the Russo brothers to the biggest events in the Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline with Infinity War and Endgame. It was just like nothing happened. My Thor from Ragnarok's intact. I may make him a little bit dumber. He's going to be more of a comedic act. He's going to be more of a punchline. And I'm going to bring bring Jane Foster back. And it's going to be amazing. And I felt that bringing Jane back was fine. You could argue she didn't get a big role after Dark World, which was probably an unfortunate thing. She felt sort of missing in Ragnarok because that was the Thor bubble for supporting characters like her and Darcy. Eric Selvig managed to escape and go over to Avengers. But for her, she was limited to those two Thor films. Got a cameo of her in Endgame. But it was like, okay, you could have done more with Jane. But somewhere along the lines, it was, hey, Jane was Thor's one true love, which didn't ring true because Dark World was so far ago. And it wasn't like every movie, every appearance, Thor was like, you know who I really miss? Jane. No. She was a love of my life. he was, he, he was always, every, almost every chance, he was always mentioning Jane. It was not like he dismissed, like, I mean, like, he was always, like, in, in Endgame, he was like, you know, me and Jane, you know, we saw each other, like, you know, oh, we're not together anymore. He I was always pining over Jane. And they did a good job of kind of expanding on that relationship in Love and Thunder. But there was, there was a lot, I mean, there was, like, again, yeah, I say this, especially like Chief, this is one of the movies I actually say of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wait till it comes on Disney Plus. I think this one is very skippable. I, I know they Marvel said they were aiming for 150 million. I think their word of mouth is not going to let them get there. So I would say that the second hour really works hard to overcome some of the problems with the first hour. The first hour is this weird clash of tones where Christian's ba- Christian Bale's character, Gore the God Butcher, by his name alone, should indicate he's a serious character. He has a decent introduction. I do feel like Marvel Studios is a little reluctant to have bad guys just be bad guys. They have to have some reason some motivation and i don't necessarily want a murderer to have a motive that's understandable i just want them to be a super villain they're going around killing people okay and i don't want it to be oh i feel bad for him i understand why he's doing this i felt like that was sort of the deal with gore where it was well okay he's killing gods but yeah i get why he's doing it Okay, like Jeff, because like, this is this is one of the things I didn't actually talk to you about. I know, like we always talk about, how kind of the earlier Marvel movies where the villain almost gets like fifty percent of the movie, and you know the hero splits it with his supporting characters. This one seemed like to me, Gore did not get enough screen time, and. We understand his overall motivation, but it was like there was not 
enough, you know, gore in this movie. Gore? <laughs> There's not 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 enough gore in in Thor, huh? Yeah. Um, I think the problem is Gore is a very simple villain, and it's and his purpose, his agenda is in his title. He's the God Butcher. He's just going around killing gods. You don't need a a long soliloquy, an extended monologue from him explaining why he wants to butcher gods. We get that explained really early on and they don't have to keep explaining that over and over through all these scenes. Like Loki had depth as a villain. Killmonger had depth as, as a villain. Thanos, you understood why he was doing what he was doing even if it was like, you're crazy dude. Gore is very simple and I feel like that was on the screenwriters to establish a tone with him where there's a sense of dread that this boogeyman who is killing gods is coming and I think that's the problem with the comedy in the first hour it's like why are we concerned about this character everyone should be terrified at gore I think maybe when gore shows up early in new Asgard it's kind of like whoa 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 why are you here already this is the last place you should be to start this story and I think that's where some of the problem hits because this guy shouldn't be crossing paths with Thor at this point and he does and this sets up something where you know some critics have said this is a, a setup by Disney because they wanted to create this deal where the kids were terrified of this boogeyman and which leads to something that they didn't like in the last act I didn't have a problem with it but I think the issue you're having with Gore is just he's a limited character in terms of his story. I mean, like, cause it's, I mean, like, if you hear that name, I want to see. I mean, I hate to say this, I want to see a body count for like kind of like why everybody's afraid of the dude, and, and I think they failed. They failed to do that. And it was kind of because they're spending so much time on the comedy aspect of Thor, and it's like they did dumb, they dumb, dumb down Chris Hemsworth a lot on this one. And it was like it's suffering on two two fronts on that, and that was that was not why it was like it was definitely my skippable movie right now. <laughs> so, Chief, one of the big aspects of this movie is Jane Foster mysteriously becomes Thor. Now that's comic book accurate. There is an actual good reason for her becoming Thor. I think the best part about well, one of the best parts of the film was they did not fall into the trap of okay well Jane is now Thor we have to explain and show that she's so much better at being a Thor than Thor ever was you you don't think that's true you think they they hyped her up to Supergirl S levels where everybody's going Jane you're such an amazing Thor nobody had to prop Jane up <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, James act like that that happened. Like I'm just, like I fell asleep during the scene or something. <laughs> no, no, my friend. But you know what I'm talking about. You know those know, those I shows. The CW specializes in them, where yes. Barry can run fast for eight seasons, but somebody else does it. Wow, how are you able to do things that I never thought to do as a speedster? You're incredible. So, um. Thor is Thor is Thor uh, two things I wanted to touch on so uh, obviously Thor is back to being Thor uh, um, 
He's back to being Ragnarok Thor. I thought the Infinity War Thor was the perfect, the best cinematic use of Thor we've ever seen. He had a mix of pathos, but he still had this arrogance to him that was providing for some comedic moments where he wasn't trying to be funny. It was just his confidence was was making him more likable and kind of like <laughs> yeah he's kind of cool and then that last scene of course is like yo thor is killing it right now this is thor from the comic books he's destroying everything and he's really saving the day until he doesn't um and also uh where do you think marvel uh is going um did, are they just finishing up the last few like because you watch strange uh, he fought an Avenger in that. Um, you watch, we're watching Thor. He's, you know, some some guy. Uh, sounds like he probably defeated within the movie time. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. They they're supposed to get a fourth movie at some point. No, they got a third one. Which I don't know. At the end of Thor. This Thor, did he separate from them? So the Guardians are basically a cameo flex. It's, yo, Marvel Studios is so big, we can just afford to have the entire Guardians of the Galaxy show up for 10 minutes. Because that's how we roll. Okay. I see, I see, this is, uh, this is Zoe, Zoe, Saldana. Yeah. Like on her Instagram, she's always dressed up as, uh, uh, Gamora. Gamora and she's always doing these little skits where she can't eat. Um, the rest of the crew's eating candy and everything, and then she'll look over and it'll be like a piece of fruit waiting for her. And then she'll look back at the crew and they're eating like three musketeer bars, and then you know, she's looking over like, you know. So I figured that they're in they're in the process of either shooting I guess they're shooting the Guardians, the new Guardians movie, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they're um, on that now. So, I guess, uh, you think they're just trying to finish up these last few characters, wrap it up in a bow for everybody? Because Iron Man's, of course, wrapped up. They wrapped up the Hulk, even though the Hulk never really did have a, uh, a good run to me in, this Marvel, in the Marvel Universe. Other than, I mean, he did, you know, the Avenger movies, but I'm saying we never saw a three-part Hulk with um, my man who's the Hulk now. Mark um, Ruffalo. So the deal with Hulk is they cannot use Hulk with the way the licensing is set up with Universal Pictures. They can't do standalone Hulk movies. So well, you know, they can't. They say that. But the money always says different. I don't you think they I mean? felt it was a priority. So they you could know, get um, as much as they needed to out of Hulk in the Avenger films. And, you know, it was like. The Hulk movies weren't gangbusters. People weren't like, oh, man, you guys are stupid for not no, making no, more no. Hulk movies. Me with Mark, I mean, uh, Ed Norton. Edward Norton, that was a good movie. Okay, so Edward Norton, but I mean, the first one was garbage. That's, that, the Hulk was, that, that, that doesn't count. Okay, Hulk was 40 <laughs> feet tall. He was, okay, so the, the second one, the second one, Hulk was, it was a good movie, right? Mm. But... They they said Ed Norton, Ed Norton was hard to work with or something. Something happened. They said he was yeah. So we got Mark now. I you know they could have paid and had a doing a Marvel 
Hulk movie, but never mind that now. Uh, they've got to do another Black Panther, which I think probably, this will probably be the wrap-up of that, because I don't see Black Panther not being Black Panther, you know what I mean? It's 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 Black Siri or Yuri or whatever her name is. Um, then we go to, so Captain America's done. The new Captain America's out, but that's on Disney+. Plus. You can low-scale that one. Um, She-Hulk is Disney+. Plus. Uh, what's the name? Romanoff is dead. Um, so the deal is they have a bunch of projects. It's like they have, you know, that cliche. They have a bunch of oars in water. And I don't know if anybody kind of knows which direction they're going. And so there's so many potential directions, but there's nothing to get the Marvel Studios fan base excited about the overall future of it. It's just cool. We've got new movies. Oh, there's a new Black Panther movie without Black Panther coming out in November. Maybe they're going to introduce they're going to introduce Submariner, Namor. Cool. Okay. But so what? Um all right, you got a new Guardians movie. That's great. I think this is the curse because for the first 22, 24 movies, it all led to something. And they can decide to not have one focal point. That's fine. But I think the fans got really used, got really accustomed to the shared universe with one overarching story that they're building towards. And right now, you've got the Eternals walking around. Hey, we're so strong. And we've got a tease of Blade showing up in there. We've got Shang-Chi. And it's cool. He does this amazing, cool martial arts. But, okay, what's that about? And eventually we're going to have a new Captain Marvel movie. And she's going to team up with Monica from uh, WandaVision and Kamala Khan from Miss Marvel. Great. That's interesting. Uh, we've got another Ant-Man coming. Cool. But what does all this mean? And I think that's the real question. We've still got Fantastic Four on the horizon, and I'm not yeah, sure. I don't think it means nothing, Jeff. I think yeah. I think they're just going yeah, to. Yeah, at this just, point, it, it kind of feels like that. Yeah, I think they're just going to pump pump out singular movies. Um, and and you know, at this point, um, and then eventually reboot 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 the whole franchise and start all over with uh, new Iron Man and new Thor. They're not blah, doing blah, that. Blah. They're not going to do that. They're, well, they're I mean, too like, far gone we, to do that. I mean, like, if you actually go on Disney Plus, like they'll actually have like the labels of all the phases. like, And it'll say like phase four and it'll have uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and, you know, kind of the WandaVision and such, like the TV stuff. And it very much hits the point where you're like, Loki almost should be the center point. It's like, hey, we... Th- we, we Marvel people are, you know, like we saw the breadcrumbs. Like, oh, the big thing is going to be Kang, but Kang yeah. doesn't seem to be this overarching uh, villain. Like, very much like how you were saying, Jeff. Like, it doesn't seem like to be the thing. Like um, Thanos, and it's like, all right, what are you going to do? Like, it's are, are the Guardians of the Galaxy going to have a cameo with uh, Kang? Uh, are the fans? It's like we we understand the multiverse has been a thing, but it's like. We're not. We're only touching on the multiverse a little bit. We're not touching on the the conqueror of the multiverse or time half as much as we did on Thanos. Like, because well, I, I mean, wanna... to your point, with the first phase, all they needed to, they had a really tight focus. It's assemble the Avengers. So those first five films, you could clearly go, okay, 
here's another connection to the Avengers. At the end of Hulk, Iron Man, Tony Stark is gumming to Ross. Gotcha. At the end of Iron Man 2, oh, okay, we're seeing Captain America's shield. That's clearly, hey, we're building to this. They throw in Black Widow. And at the end, here's Thor's hammer. And at the in Thor, Hawkeye shows up. He's here. And then we're getting another tease. Loki's on Earth. And he's still here. And stuff is about to happen. And then in Captain America, you know, we got to go back in time a little bit. But then it circles all the way to Nick Fury and Cap. Hey, we're going to save the world. Then we get Avengers. And like, cool. And we get this build up to Thanos. So we know at that point with phase two, everything's about, hey, we're littering the universe with these infinity stones. Oh, there's another one. Ooh, here's one in Guardians. Oh, shoot. Vision had one too? Wild. And here's one in Thor? So we had this sense of, okay, you, 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 you drop the bomb with Thanos coming, and then you're showing us these infinity stones. And then part three is, shoot, we're going to throw you a curve. The Avengers are broken up. Oh, no, what's going to happen now? And then we see how that comes together to Infinity War and then Endgame. And right now, I couldn't tell you what the point is with Phase 4. There's no overarching theme. There's no theme outside of... Here's a whole new generation of heroes. Okay, well, what does that mean? Because there's a big question. What's happening with the Avengers? Are the Avengers a thing? You've established that by the end of the first phase. Now the question is, well, who's at Avengers Mansion? Who's there or at the Tower? And... Is there, is there anybody there? If there aren't Avengers, who's who's dealing with all these problems that are going on in the world? Because Thor was off Earth. He was gone. Captain, Captain Marvel's not really around. Was Doctor Strange the biggest Avenger dealing with all these problems? Is he an Avenger? Is he an Avenger? What's going on with Black Panther? I mean, there's, there's so many questions. Spider-Man is not... Nobody knows Spider-Man anymore. They know Spider-Man is here. They just don't know who's under the mask. So, I mean, Spider-Man's, oh, there he goes again. But, I mean, it's just a superhero community that has a different... They don't even is know. They don't be, know. Is there going to be another Spider-Man? Yeah. They, so, that's another... They, what's, that's going to be the fourth installment, right? Yeah. So, that's so so. That's what I said. There's, I don't think it's a direction. You Could it possibly be a X-Men reboot? They are definitely doing a Fantastic Four that's coming at the end of Phase 4. And at some point, the X-Men are showing up. Maybe that's Phase 5. But the problem is, they need Bro. to kind of make sense of Phase 4 right now. And I think they've gotten a little distracted with the TV shows. Why do they keep running this damn Fantastic Four, man? Fantastic Four can be good. That's the problem. It's like it could be. You know what could be good? I could have run the ladder last week. There's a whole bunch of things that, like, they keep pushing this Fantastic Four at us. And I have yet to see a Fantastic Four movie that I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, in fairness, they haven't had one from Marvel Studios. They were all cut. They weren't. They weren't cut. Those first two Fox ones. You seriously didn't like the first one? No. Like, okay. I mean, it's not, I mean, Doctor Doom is a train wreck. But the family aspect of the first Fantastic Four is fine. And the second one is pretty decent. 
with the interaction with the family and Silver Surfer's cool. It's just when they bring back their whack version of Doctor Doom, and the movies don't work. And then Galactus is a cloud, and it's just it's like okay, that's not good. The third one is not worth mentioning. And yeah, but there's tons of potential. I trust Marvel Studios to do a good Fantastic Four movie, and they can be the anchor theme of everything else. Mole Man, they're okay. I'm just saying, like we couldn't, they couldn't come up with, like I said, they couldn't run the X Men. Clearly, they're the X Men are coming. The X Men are coming. So maybe you know, maybe the X Men will be the next uh, thing running towards uh, maybe the Phoenix Saga, the real Phoenix Saga. No, no. see, that's the problem. You just talked about Fantastic Four. They have butchered Phoenix Saga to the point they can't touch that for eight movies. Villain or they ran that out. They ran Magneto in every film, but there's tons of great X Men villains they could still pull from. They just have to do so something then, new. It wouldn't build towards. So then you're saying it's still not going to build towards a main god like Galactus, maybe. Yeah, they need the final boss. And Galactus isn't a great final boss because he's just unstoppable. And he doesn't feel any pain. He's just a force of nature. He has no motive outside of, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat this planet. So he's not a really exciting main villain. I think if they were to do a Secret Wars where they just put them all on a battlefield, that could work because of the random hodgepodge nature of these movies where we're just introducing a bunch of characters. Maybe that does it, but right now, there's no focus. And the lack of focus, the distraction with the TV shows, makes it feel like, okay, we're just bringing out a bunch of new characters. But I was invested in the Avengers. I want to see more of them. I care about what happens with Black Panther. What are you doing with that? And I know some of that is beyond their control. But what's going to happen? And I think they've kind of ignored some of these questions for too long. Because we should have some some nature of what's going on with the Avengers and you know I mean I'd like to know what happened with Steve Rogers is he dead like that's a basic question they could answer I guess we're going to see Hulk and She-Hulk of course but there's still some stuff that's like okay guys you need to focus and tell us where you're going I think they've had enough projects in phase 4 that it's kind of I'm growing impatient and this Thor film Love and Thunder, like the second hour is solid, but Chase is, I like the second half enough that I recommend checking it out. It's the opposite of Iron Man 3, where it had a terrible first half and the second half was a lot better, where Iron Man 3 had a really good first half and it was just a train wreck abomination in the, in the second half. So the post credit scenes have me excited about what's to come for Thor and the direction of it Chris Hemsworth already said in different interviews hey man I'm going to keep doing these as long as they uh, have me around which is great because it's nice to have at least someone from the old guard still around and maybe Hawkeye and Hulk will still be around in some capacity as well but I think maybe they need to start referencing the lack of Avengers maybe She-Hulk Hawkeye Thor whoever form a new Avengers that we bring out our big bad and maybe they're not the main team but we need to establish that they're Avengers running around still 
And hopefully we'll get some answers really soon. Kevin Feige said, yeah, I'm going to going to drop that. Comic-Con is coming up. So they're going to have a presentation. Maybe this is when they do their big panel discussion. Hey, here's the next 10 films for Marvel Studios. And you're going to understand. And it's all going to make sense to you. And I'm going to be like, oh, you know what? I should have I should never have doubted him. He knows what he's doing. And this sounds really exciting. Right now, I'm kind of like, you guys are nowhere near Warner Brothers where I've just given up hope. But I'd like to know what's what's happening next. 